Welcome to I'm Absolutely Fine, the podcast from the mid-alt that looks at all the glamour and indignity of being a grown-up. If you listen on the Entale app, that's E-N-T-A-L-E, photos, links and videos of what we're talking about will pop up as you listen. Have a look. Okay, so here's the conundrum. Um, uh, we want to discover new uh, interesting designers, but it's got to be easy, right? It's yeah. got time. I mean, we're interested in stuff that we can hold on to, but I mean, who has the money? We don't have that much money, so how does that work? Yeah, investment shopping. What's that? We all feel so depressed about our wardrobes. I do right now, because I want to look relevant. Uh, You know, don't want to spend money on anything wildly temporary. So how does that work? I mean, in fact, when did all this shopping start to feel like actual work? Yeah, I know. I mean, this is why we are very happy and slightly relieved that this podcast is brought to you by Label Mix. Yeah, Label Mix is an initiative from Next that spots young designers and collaborates with them to produce limited edition collections at slightly more accessible prices. So affordable investment shopping, in essence. Yeah, who knew? But it's also a way to know what's happening on the British fashion scene without feeling sort of terrified, <laughs> terrified or incredibly shy. <laughs> Um, so listen, we both found solutions there when we've been feeling demoralised and just lost in the jungles of our own wardrobes. So why don't you have a look? Hi everyone. Hi everybody. Uh, I'm Emily and I'm absolutely fine, but I'm wearing a jumper with frills on the shoulders. And because I'm so kind of tired and, and paranoid, every time I, I catch a frill out of the corner of my eye, I think it's like a something coming to get me. <laughs> like a sort of monster or, uh, or worse. Yes. Um, so, yes, I feel deranged by my own clothing, which is really depressing. It's How are you on about? Yes, it's come to that. Well, I apologise to you and to uh, our guests and to the listeners for banging this drum again. But this morning I had a lion till 4.45, which has been as good as it's been for the last few weeks. And the result is that I am basically broken. (laughs) And we're recording this at uh, two in the afternoon and I have no way of, of, of understanding how I'm meant to get to the point in the day when I can sit down and not have to think or talk or work or do anything, which will be about half seven tonight. I don't understand how I'm going to get there. My eyes sting, my soul stings. Um, And uh, it's not a great day, except that we are delighted to have a real fashion authority with us. Anna Murphy is fashion director of The Times and renowned for her stylish, real-life approach to getting dressed, drawing our attention to wearable, relevant clothes, as well as new and interesting brands with all sorts of creative, sustainable, ethical and fantastical stories to tell. We are hoping that with her counsel, we might all find it a little less traumatic to get dressed this winter. Hi Anna, how are you? Hello there, I'm absolutely fine, except for the fact that today is a grey autumn day and I was very much enjoying yesterday, which was a sunny autumn day. I like the sunny ones, not the grey ones. But I guess it's called called being British, isn't it? It's what we do. It was a beautiful day yesterday and I spent most of it like, you know, did you ever read that book, Flowers in the Attic? Peering out of the window, sort of watery-eyed at the outside world, thinking, I can't, I just can't. I've been up since 3.15. So, yes, I'm quite enjoying the grey day because I don't feel I should be, you know, kicking leaves in the park and frolicking. I've always wondered, I always, you know, when people move to kind of Los Angeles or wherever and they go, the thing I miss most of this is the seasons and the seasons change. And I'm not sure I would. 
actually. Oh, I definitely would. I'd miss cardigans. I mean, does anyone ever get to wear a cardigan in LA? And personally, I feel that cardigan is one of the most meaningful relationships in my life. And the good news is, cardigans are fashionable this season. Let's just use that as a springboard. What cardigans are fashionable? Because, my God, it's easy to get it wrong. Well, it's sort of the, the good old dad cardigan that I can't be the only one who nicked my father's from his drawer. It's long line, it's v-necked, it's comfy, dare I say it. But I think the sort of move on for this season is the belt. Um, so belt it, give it a bit of a waist. It could be a thin belt, it could be a thick belt. And actually, you know, fashion has a funny way of kind of reacting to what has been going on it's kind of what fashion is in a way and I think the very fact that we've all been slobbing around in elasticated waist at best no waist at all at worst <laughs> has has made a lot of people myself included want to embrace a bit of a belt and the great thing about a belt of course is you can on the quiet kind of have it quite loose and it still brings definition I suppose if you're curvy like me with the who carries all before me then you'd probably want um, a, fi- a slightly more fine knit cardigan belt yes and the great thing about a v-neck cardigan if you're a bit curvier is anything that draws attention to your wonderful sort of en bon point is is a win-win and actually i think quite a lot of uh, women who are much more blessed in the boob department than me but aren't sort of comfortable with the idea of being kind of booby quote unquote saying oh you know i've got to cover up but actually a little bit of a v a little bit of flesh as long as you don't go full sort of anna nicole smith is very very flattering because it gives shape to your to your whole body yeah i think my anna nicole smith days are over there was a time <laughs> but it's interesting to talk to you about this idea of reinventing the cardigan particularly at this point you know it might some of our listeners might think that you know we are deeply shallow to be talking at clothes about clothes in the middle of a pandemic but i think fashion a bit like beauty is shallow until it isn't because it's so wound up with identity and certainly what we find and I think a lot of our listeners find is at the moment the the thing that we're searching for as grown-up women is relevance so not being a slave to it but not being defeated by it either yeah I mean fashion is ultimately a form of self-expression and it's also a form of joy and pleasure and you know, any pleasure we can bring into our lives at the moment, any joy, I mean, to me, that always has value. But now more than ever, those small things, be it that walk in the park, or in your case, Annabelle, thinking, phew, the weather's too bad, I don't have to walk in the park. <laughs> <laughs> but also, you know, putting on a fabulous blouse or dress or whatever it is, those things have value. And I really think that fashion gets a sort of unfair um, judgment from some people about the fact that it's all about superficiality. You know, life is about surfaces as well as about depths. And anyone who denies that is is deluding themselves, quite frankly. And I think as well, in this sort of age of Zoom, where we're basically staring at ourselves all the time, it's actually incredibly demoralising to kind of, to feel the drabbery and the sort of, and to feel sort of pale and uninteresting on top of it. And to try and, you know, to seek though, to make those connections through the screen that we would normally do in kind of real life. And uh, yeah, it's incredibly tough. I mean, you have greeted us with the most, you've got the most gorgeous shade of lipstick on. And it sort of, as soon as you popped up, it was just sort of instantly like, ah, Anna's here, you know, and it just, it gives everyone such a boost. No, but I think that's a really important. I'm scared of lipstick. Well, for me, for me, it is all about the little tricks of the trade. Um, And one of those is a really great lipstick. And for me, again, I think it's one of the great pleasures of being a woman. You know, I can wake up and feel pretty Monday morning-ish, which quite frankly, I did this very Monday morning, put on a bright lipstick and... I immediately feel different and people respond to me differently. And men, you know, men within the mainstream, you know, don't have that option. 
And I completely understand why women, many women, feel kind of overwhelmed by fashion and beauty because there's all these things being thrown at us all the time. But if you can navigate your own path and find what works for you, um, I actually think it's an amazing gift that we have. You know, we have this capacity as women to sort of reinvent ourselves every day. You know, so one day I might wear a dress, another day I might wear a suit, a trouser suit, you know, and, and they're both versions of me. And as I say, most men don't really have that option. What I'm very grateful to have seen the back of in the last 10 or 15 years or so is season-on-season season trend. Um, the, you know, I remember when um, Emily and I were both working in an office together and it was, it was the age of the ballet shoe. Yeah. And one winter, you know, the ballet shoe was the last word in sort of flat chic. And by the following spring, it was like, oh my God, no, it's so over. <laughs> um, and, uh, and you were humiliated if you, if you wore a ballet shoe. But now I think there's more of an opportunity, as you say, to find what works for you and then to use little updaters. Exactly. I mean, I think actually everything is in play at once. And back in normal service, when I go to the shows twice a year and I sit on the front row in the fashion cities, what I see are options, you know, lots of different colours, lots of different trouser cuts. Um, Fashion designers can't afford to be dictators anymore because actually women have such busy lives as well as such multifarious lives that they won't really be dictated to so you even take one label you know you take Dior which is a real favorite of mine I mean Christian Dior used to talk about Dior woman the designer there now is a woman herself and she talks about Dior women and on a single Dior catwalk as last month in Paris um, you'll see everything you'll see a fantastic pair of jeans you'll see an amazing evening dress you'll see some incredible tailoring um, you'll see some really fine elegant shoes and some really stompy kind of tractor driver boots it's all there and you can pick and choose between it and again I think that's why if you just kind of find who you are that all the, the assorted identities that you are in clothes it's a really wonderful time to be and to dress a woman can we talk to you about jeans and what jeans we're sort of meant to be wearing at the moment? I mean, I, what I seem to be seeing everywhere. In fact, let's go shopping and work out where we're going to get these jeans. What I seem to see a lot of at the moment is, is the idea of flair, sometimes starting, you know, right up at the hip, sometimes starting at the knee. But the cut of jeans is quite generous and fairly democratic at the moment, isn't it? Again, there's all the different cuts in play. I mean, I think, I think one thing for me that has really helped with jeans is actually to think of them um as a kind of tailoring you know jeans are quite it's quite denim is quite a sort of structured fabric and actually if you get the right pair it can really give you a lovely sort of form and shape um so for me that's sort of why I'm, I'm a bit kind of over skinnies um you know which I know some people will sort of faint in the aisles to hear <laughs> yeah, but something that gives me a bit more of a tailored look and I really I really sort of like personally a kind of quite a straight to wide leg trouser that sort of almost like sort of both fits my curves but slightly sort of straightens them out a bit but you know it really depends on your shape obviously and I I really do think another thing that's happened in recent years is all this online shopping has kind of in some ways not helped us because with a pair of jeans I think you need to go into a shop and try on six different pairs I love that. I think I think I'd be dead by yes, the time I, I tried on the I'm third. Literally, I'm like literally, <laughs> that, that something inside of me is just dark, like one of my Horcruxes is just gone. Now. Yeah, <laughs> one of your chakras is closed yes, up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but if you have if you have a cut that you love, just just buy that cut. You know, I I obviously write about trends and I write about fashion, but for me, it's really about what. I love so I'm not going to buy a new pair of jeans because they're in this season as I say I know the cut that I like and that likes me and I just 
buy it sort of year in, year out whenever I need a new pair. And, and the great thing is that, that those cuts are out there. I mean, I really, for jeans, I really rate um, Ray, R-A-E-Y, which is the Match's own brand denim. A couple of my all-time favourite jeans come from Ray. The quality is really great. They're about 110 to 120 pounds. So they're not the cheapest jeans, but they're also by no means the most expensive jeans. Me and M also does some really fantastic tailored kind of adult denim for me it's about denim that looks sort of quite grown up I think I always sort of think you know what would Lauren McCall wear <laughs> she's a good good rule of thumb generally I think when we think about the different many many different sort of footwear options to go with the jeans I mean Emily and I both had the same experience about a year ago where we looked at our trusty Stan Smiths and wanted to cry what can step in while we very sadly step away from our Stan Smiths in terms of trainer? Well, personally, I do love a Stan Smith and I think they have proven the test of time. So I would argue you don't have to step away from them. Having said that, one of my absolute favourites um, is uh, Russell and Bromley. I think it might be called The Prize. And it's basically a classic white trainer, but with a slight platform to it. Nothing scary, nothing ginger spice, don't worry. But just a slight lift. <clears throat> so it's particularly good. It's good with anything, but especially with jeans because it elongates the leg a bit. And it looks grown up, but it looks a bit fun. And I really do think actually footwear is the one um, one step or sort of two step to be literally accurate way to sort of change any look. It really is the way to modernise, you know, take a really classic trouser suit that you could have been wearing for 20 years, add in a pair of Stan Smiths or add in one of this season's um, boots. And it, and it really is a bit of a game changer. And I actually had this experience with a friend over the weekend who's bought this amazing fit and flare dress for her daughter's wedding. She's in her 60s. And she was wearing it with quite a sort of ladylike pair of shoes that she sort of had in the cupboard for sort of 20 years. And so the dress, because it's that fit and flare shape, immediately looked a bit dated. I said to her, try a pair of bright pink suede platform sandals. She looked at me like I was mad, but she listened. She tried them on. And I got this message from her last night saying, oh my, and a picture, more to the point, in which she looked amazing, saying, oh my God, it's completely changed my look. So I think that's the thing... I've actually really learned from looking at the kind of international front row, a lot of those women, they're in their 40s, 50s and 60s. In terms of what they actually wear, they're not super on trend. They're not doing anything super radical. They're wearing an amazing tuxedo. Uh, They're wearing a really beautiful fine cardigan, but they're they're dialing up something with their footwear. So they're wearing cowboy boots, for example, um, or they're wearing like a really clumpy kind of boot, which is really in this season. And that, and then just one or two things, perhaps a bright lipstick, perhaps some slightly mad earrings, and no one's going to mistake them for boring. For me, especially as I get older, I just don't want to be dismissed as boring. It's funny, isn't it, how when you are 19, you can wear a little court shoe and a twin set and look edgy, and you have to you have to really sort of shift that around when you're over 35, if you want to freshen things. I think that's the thing. I think that's the thing. You can wear those individual elements. You can wear a twin set, but you have to add something in to make sure that no one mistakes you for your grandmother. Um, So it's all about the mix. And I think that's actually another thing that's really key in terms of looking contemporary, you know, so to take that aforementioned long line V-neck cardigan and put something little lacy sort of cami underneath or... Uh, or even just a really crisp white t-shirt and some some sort of great sort of statement earrings just mix take the individual elements that we've always worn and just kind of mix them up where is a good place to look for a cowboy boot 
Well, a brand that I really love is, it's a small Danish brand called Ivy Lee, and they do great cowboy boots. Um, I think they're about 240 euros. I have a pair of um, gold ones, and I went them wore them yesterday to meet someone and they were just like oh my god you look amazing <laughs> and all all that was going on I promise I'm not being modest was the boots and, and of course bright lipstick everything else was pretty boring but needless to say if you're wearing gold cowboy boots it doesn't really matter if everything else is boring so it's how funny do you, how you can oh. you take one thing and use it to take control of your own image isn't it it's quite yeah. hard for us to understand how we want to look yeah, I mean, for me, that the, the key on that is to think of your word. Uh, what is the word that if someone were to glimpse you across a crowded room at a party or whatever, you would want that person to think of you? Uh, because the way that you dress is going to be a huge defining factor in what that word is. And unless you've got a clear sense of what that word is, then you're sort of lost before you've started. But once you've got that word, you are, you know, you're away really what have you two got a word that you would um you would have yeah no I do know actually and it is I want when someone's looking across the room at me and I want them to think oh look French (laughs) (laughs) I suppose it depends on whose idea of French because there's always fuss at the moment about Emily in Paris isn't it so it depends on whether it's an American idea of French or a French idea of French or I guess an English idea is somewhere in between the two but yeah French is a good word what's your word Anna? well my word is interesting okay Um, so I want to look like someone who's got something to say Uh, which again I think goes back to this idea that fashion isn't superficial fashion can communicate stuff about you that lies beneath you know whether you like whether you like it or not I think I've been approaching it the wrong way because I think that what I've been doing now that we're focusing on this is thinking about what I don't want people to see so I don't want people to look at me and think deranged and exhausted (laughs) Um, so I'm gonna have to flip that and work out what I do want them to see for me I think standing out I think again as women we've been brought up to think oh you know don't stand out for me standing out is a good thing and I think it's especially potent as you age. That's one of the reasons that I dislike the term effortless dressing and find it sort of absurd because I think it's wonderful to look like you've made a choice. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I know what you mean and also I think that's the thing. I loved what you said about uh, where I what when I look around I see options and I think that that is a how wonder rather than uh, looking at it and thinking, "Oh my god, I just see overwhelm. I'm going to just stick with the with what I do." Yeah, get the cardigan and belt it. Get the cowboy boots. I mean, is the thing what is the worst that could happen oh you get it wrong for a day but who cares you know I mean it I do think that's what it's all about I mean I think another key element is the designer Caroline Herrera once said to me oh Anna you know there's one thing that every woman needs in her wardrobe and I kind of thought oh god at last the holy grail she's going to tell me everyone needs a red handbag or whatever I happen to think everyone does need a red handbag but anyway what she actually said is you need a full-length mirror and get to know yourself in that mirror and get to know yourself in your clothes in that mirror and get to know yourself not in a kind of, oh God, I don't, my bum is enormous or I don't like my arms. In a, get to know yourself in a celebratory way. Um, and I think a lot of those women, you take a woman like Iris Atful, who, you know, became, became this incredibly famous sort of style icon. I can't think about anything she actually wore other than her amazing glasses and her amazing necklaces because that was her thing. Who knows what trousers she wore or whether her blouses were this season cut or whatever. She just decided, these are my things, my crazy jewellery and my crazy glasses. And she really stood out and, you know, that's it, job done. 
Um, and so if we go back to this idea of the updaters, the cowboy boot, the long line cardigan, maybe um, the jean with a bit of a flair. What about, and again, all of those things we've lived through a couple of times. What about the sheepskin gilet? Because that was... Um, that was first, it was sort of very Sloney and then it was very Sienna Miller and it seems to have been making a comeback, doesn't it? How do you, how do you feel about that? I absolutely adore sheepskin gilet. I would say if there's one thing that you want to buy to make yourself feel incredibly special, it's one of those. Um, and there's a couple of brands who do them brilliantly. Celtic & Co is one, also does very good slippers, uh, whilst we're on the subject. <laughs> <laughs> equally important to my mind um, and and me and em do some fabulous ones um and they're obviously a shearling gilet is not cheap but in terms of price per wear which for me is the true definition of what is good value they end up being you know almost sort of parsimonious you can wear it in the summer lay it over a, over a dress perhaps belted perhaps not and always you can wear it in the winter and also layer it under a coat um you know ha- and I've actually been thinking, you know, what would this increasingly outdoor socialising they're being forced to do? I mean, the other day I was sort of having a drink on a not very warm evening outside and I thought, I honestly don't think I've done this since I was 19. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's all about, you know, layers and ultra cosiness, but also not looking like a frump. So my uh, shielding gilet is going to be doing, um, yes, military service for me this winter, I think. I like, I like the way that people are wearing um, gilets overcoats now. Yeah, I mean, that too. It's, a lot of it is just playing and a lot of it, you know, there's this slightly naff expression, shopping your wardrobe, but really have a look at it and see what you've got in there. I mean, and because a lot has freed up. I mean, a, a thing about colour, uh, as I said, I'm such a huge fan of colour because I think it just lifts your mood. It completely changes how you feel about yourself and it really changes how the world responds to you. But I, I've always worn colour, but I, my rule of thumb is very much, oh, well, I'm wearing one colourful thing, so then everything else has to be sort of neutral. And actually now what I've learned is so-called tonal dressing. So you take two or three versions of the same shade. So... Clothes that 10 years ago we'd have said, oh, well, they don't go because it's different shades or whatever, looks fabulous. Or even, to dial things up a notch further, to wear three different colours that that are totally different. Because actually, if you put a third colour into the mix, it usually makes everything work. Precisely because it doesn't work in a way. Again, this kind of rule-breaking thing, which is contemporary fashion. And, you know, the secret with all this, as I said, is just that aforementioned full-length mirror. Stand in front of it. Be honest. Um, I remember someone once said to me when I moved into my first flat, if you just buy things that you like, you know, a lamp, a chest of drawers, a rug, then they will work together. And I think maybe that could be said as well of, of colour. If they're the three colours you like, you shove them together and, um, and it, you know, it might just all happen. Absolutely. I'm also slightly obsessing about with your necklace. What, what is it? Is it like a choker, but with something uh, so this on it? Is, yeah, so I am slightly obsessed with... It's actually a lariat, which I sort of thought until fairly recently was a sort of Dr. Zeus character. But as you're no doubt much more sophisticated than me and you since birth, that it's, it's a kind of choker. It's a necklace that you can wear as a necklace, but you can wear it as a choker with a long attachment. And I just think they're really chic and they're really, they're really flexible. So I wear mine with a cardigan. I also wear mine with another of this season's knitwear trends, which I'm just adoring a tank top or I wear it as I am doing today with a dress um Miss Soma's got some really great ones 
and this is my all-time favourite from another little British brand called Kirsty Lamarck, which has got a little um, diamond ball on the end. I, um, I absolutely love it because it looks brilliantly fiddly, but it also it looks a little bit sort of blue stocking, but also a bit sexy at the same time. So it's exactly, got that sort of vibe exactly. of kind of yeah. like... When you, say, um, when you say tank top, I think, what would Catherine Hepburn do? Where would Catherine <laughs> Hepburn buy her tank top? Would it be Fair Isle? Would it be patterned? I mean, Catherine Hepburn, aside from just being obviously a masterpiece in so many ways, I think she was a real precursor for the way many of us are dressing now in that she always had that kind of masculine edge. And those things like trench coats and wide lead slacks that she used to wear, they're kind of ubiquitous in the modern wardrobe now. So I think um, we are we are living in the age of Catherine. And yeah, she would she would work a tank top brilliantly. Personally, I really like the plain ones. Uh, my absolute favourite, my dream tank top. Uh, there's a sentence you probably never thought you'd hear uttered. It's, um, <laughs> it's from this little Scottish brand called And Daughter. It's a, as the name would suggest, a father and daughter team. They're, they make really, really special things and really beautiful quality. And they've got a great chunky V-knit plain tank top that is the stuff of my dreams, at least. What will you be wearing under it? Well, again, <laughs> if you really want to be modern... Uh, and this, again, is this thing of just sort of rule-breaking, changing things up. It's nothing. Well, it's your underwear, but it's bare, bare sleeves. Uh, there's a lots of, uh, lots of kind of influence and stuff addressing um, like that. For me, I'm really loving the granddad shirt because, again, then I can, I've just got a tiny bit of collar peeping over the, the tank top and then I can wear my aforementioned lariat. Um, but yeah, you could wear like a lacy top. You could you could sort of just mi- mix it up. It really is all about that mix, I think. There's something quite sexy about a granddad shirt, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, I'm a bit fine. like a sort of. It's a bit like you've crawled into your boyfriend's, you know, but slightly more democratic than his tailored shirt. Exactly, particularly if you were like a French ingenue, you'd literally just grabbed his it sort of sexy French, French, French box very well. Ticks the French it? box very well. But yeah. I think they have to be quite fine, don't they? Not too clunky. You don't want something that's too stiff. Yeah. Um, I mean, our, our cat and Cos always do really nice crisp cotton ones. Me and Em, again, have some sort of slightly lacy ones. But I think playing with the masculine and the feminine is, again, another sort of great joy of this era of fashion is that, you know, you can wear kind of a masculine trench and trousers one day and the next day you can sort of wear a frilly dress. And I, and I just sort of love that. Or you can wear a massive clumpy boot with a really lacy dress and play with masculine yeah. and feminine on the same day. Because, you know, we are all a little bit, you know, this and that and the other, aren't we? Yeah. And again, that, that's a classic example of your accessories, particularly shoes, really updating a look. You know, so some of the dresses that people wear now, I always think they look like something out of a Thomas Hardy novel. But actually, if you add in a kind of boot that um, looks like it's related to more modern farm labouring but in a cool way um, you know no one's going to mis- mistake you for Tess of the Durbvilles you're going to look incredibly 2020 no one what? would ever mistake me for Tess of the Durbvilles also do we really want to look 2020 I completely <laughs> exhausted yes, neurotic indeed. wild deranged yeah. 2021 <laughs> yeah. pandemic dressing I mean I think that a lot of women at the moment feel a uh, huge guilt around the idea of shopping but also huge frustration, dissatisfaction and sort of ennui around opening their wardrobes and getting out the elasticated waist again. It's finding a balance. I mean, I think one of the things that's come with COVID generally is this looking in all aspects of our lives at how we need to kind of rebalance and find equilibrium. You know, we love to travel but not do it too much. 
we love clothes, but sort of not buy too many. And that for me is, is why it really sort of is about less is more. It is about investing in incredible shearling gilet that you will wear for the next kind of 20 years. And for me also, it is about buying from small British brands, uh, you know, who have a traceability and have, you know, a commitment to their, their producers. I mean, another brands that I absolutely love is called Threadtails, um, run by this wonderful woman, Catherine Maunder. And she found all these artisans who, for hundreds of years in places like um, uh, sort of Myanmar, have been producing in Nepal, incredible weaving on hand looms, and they're all about to sort of lose their livelihoods. And she creates these utterly stunning silk woven often hand embroidered shawls and another word that's no longer acceptable pashminas but you know the, the most just remarkable things ever and she has a beautiful face mask with a little again in silk with a little hand embroidered hummingbird on it just gorgeous and you know she knows all her craftspeople by name um she supports their business and she supports their communities more generally that for me is what i want to spend money on not something from a shop where it's probably been you know made by a sort of 15-year-old in Bangladesh. It's amazing, isn't it, how effective a shawl or an oversized scarf can be in terms of just elevate. It just sort of makes you look rich, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, that, that you're twice around the neck, you know, particularly in a camel or something like that. And um, camel and gold, that never gets old, does it, camel and gold? And camel is really uh, having a moment this, this year. And for me, again, I think it's about how do I wear camel in a way that doesn't make me look like it's sort of 1954? And it's about mixing it in with some bright colours. A lot of the brands I like are run by women because I think they look at, you know, how to solve the problems that we all have when we get up in the morning and think, how do I dress, you know, to take my kids to school, to do this, to do that, to do the other and still kind of feel cool? Um, so those brands tend to be the ones that, for me, really nail it. Yes, because it really, it's, it's, it's a sort of slightly trite word, but it really is about solutions. And it can be the solution to your mood. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's, it's practical solutions, but it's also existential solutions. Solutions to, you know, the psychological challenges of being a human being, especially at the moment. And I think that there's an interesting thing going on, and that even before covid Although there was everything on offer on the catwalk, as I said, there was all this coalescing around functionality. So, you know, trench coats, combat trousers, flat or low heeled boots, all these things we've talked about. Because those are actually the clothes that you can, you know, live your life in. Um, so then the question is just, you know, how, how do I make them interesting? Or, you know, do I buy things? You know, I, I, do, I love utility wear that's been embellished in some way. Um, because that for me is just like the ultimate win-win um, or do you just mix it up in a way that that makes it interesting but yeah we don't you know comfort used to be seen as a dirty word in fashion and now most of us um, certainly myself included I don't ever want to be uncomfortable you know even if I'm going to black tie I refuse to be uncomfortable and um, and I don't have to be to look fabulous and that's amazing well it's almost come full circle hasn't it because I remember growing up and, and, and reading and hearing often it, you can't be elegant if you are uncomfortable. Yeah, absolutely. So, you you know, the comfort needs to be woven into whatever you're doing. Yeah. Um, whether it is a party dress. You know, oddly, now would be a brilliant time to buy a party dress because I've got a theory that you never 
find a party dress when you have a party to go to. You know, when you're yeah. like, you'll never find a party on the day of the party. So the thing is, there will not be another party for many, many months <laughs> or probably years. We should all go and, you know, find the dream dress. There are, is anyone making party dresses? What's amazing is we don't even need to buy a party dress. Now there is such a thing as, you know, a party jumper. Uh, yeah, I was looking on Self-Portrait the other day, which of course is um, famous for its beautiful lace dresses. And now it has some of the most gorgeous lace encrusted jumpers. I mean, I, not that I'm knitwear obsessed or anything, brackets, I am, as you can probably tell. <laughs> but I mean, you could absolutely rock up at a Christmas party in one of these just gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, chunky knits, but with beautiful lace embellishment. And that, for me, is, you know, a huge win-win. And also this idea that we don't have to have segmented wardrobes. You know, most of us don't have the money and or space to have, you know, a section for party wear and a section for this and a section for that. We can just sort of mix it all up. You know, we can have an amazing tuxedo and actually, you know, wear it with jeans and maybe a fine knit on a Monday and then wear that same amazing tuxedo with something different for a cocktail party. You know, it's, it's, it is, as I keep on saying, all in the mix. I decided last winter that I would spend the entire winter in a tight black polo neck and a tight black pencil skirt with a lot of gold jewellery. I decided, then I forgot that I decided that. <laughs> and I've remembered again, so maybe I'll be able to do that this year. That's that's kind of... so, good. so when people look at you, they'll think, Jennifer Lopez. Diana Dawes, but yeah. <laughs> no. Anna, thank you so much. Thank We're you so much. We're going to force you to come back for <laughs> yes. spring, summer Very next good. year. I will officially be forced. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so okay. much. Au revoir. Bye. Bye. With us today, we have the fabulous creative director of Label Mix, Gemma Metheringham. So Gemma, let's dive in. What was the thinking behind this initiative? I always wanted to make clothes that lots of people wore. That was always my vision. I kind of, I love seeing people in the street actually wearing something that I've been involved in. And I do play this naughty game sometimes where if I see somebody, I'm like, great coat. Oh my God, I love that. Do you? And they're like, oh, yes. Do you go, where did you get it? Sometimes. <laughs> well, I feel like... In a world where we've all got so much choice of what to buy and what to wear, I find that shopping can feel quite overwhelming sometimes for me. It's a little bit like this sort of endless quest to find the right thing. And at the same time, it can become quite functional because I only buy what I want in that situation. You know, I'm so overwhelmed by the choice. Like you've, you've placed me with 2,731 dresses from a search engine and then I have to start editing because I know I can't look at them all so then I go to max midi dress usually for me floral printed probably with sleeves day wear pockets pockets (laughs) and I tick all those boxes and then I kind of get what I know and I miss the fact that I never find that wonderful wafty sleeveless plain maxi dress that I would never have looked at because the search engines have taken it out And so the idea for this was to bring back that sense of sort of discovery and excitement around, you know, you just find something you love. And that feeling of it's either that wonderful local boutique that you go to or, you know, you're on holiday somewhere and you walk into this little boutique and you're filled with, oh, my goodness, the selection in here is so perfect. And also you feel like you've uncovered a secret. Yes. Absolutely. I don't feel confident enough to go to the sort of young designers as well. And it all feels very extreme. So so the idea of, and, and I, I, I don't know if I want to walk around with kind of wearing a directional sleeve or, you know, because I've got to fulfill all the different roles in my life that might not require that. So you just end up in a sort of dispiriting mix of what you can afford, what you can find and yeah. what fits. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got to get the bus and you've got to be able to take the dog for a walk and actually it might rain and will your footwear fall apart? And your body temperature is obviously fucked. 
So you're freezing or boiling, so you have to have things you can put on and take off. Yeah, yeah. and also, I mean, and the other thing is, and Annabelle is brilliant on this, as far as the, the concept of saving for best. I, uh, you know, we have different wardrobes for different situations, but actually, isn't it nice to have things that you can wear at the weekend? Like I'm, you know, I, I don't, I, I keep things for best and that feels like a very kind of unloving thing to do for myself. It's like, if you're not worth it today, yes, what's going to yeah. make you worth wearing this really nice thing? And and I do it too, and I wish I didn't. And I do it with things like glasses and napkins. Yes. I do it with handbags. I certainly do it with shoes. I mean, I'll save jeans that I like and wear ones that I hate all the time that it, I think make me look awful. This is completely true, exactly. And also, whenever I go out wearing actually something a bit pulled together, even just for a dog walk, you do feel kind of you've got a bit of a spring in your step. What do you think that women find most difficult about getting dressed today? I think it's exactly what you said. I mean, I think you're trying to tick so many boxes, aren't you? Because you want to look fashionable or cool or whatever the word is that you have for that. Relevant, I think, is a yeah, big word I, for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You want to look relevant. You want to feel good about yourself because there's nothing worse than walking around, I think, in an outfit that you, you don't feel happy or comfortable in because all day you've kind of got that feeling of, oh, God, you know, I feel fat in this. Whatever that feeling totally. is. Totally. Also you're, also, you're sitting there really self-conscious, like, is everyone looking at Do I look like a different person than you I think, am? Yeah. This, this doesn't represent who I am inside and that yeah. is what which makes you lose your sparkle really. I agree so you wanted to offer clothes that were very practical um, had an air of a, of a thrill of discovery around them really because you've got these design names going on haven't you yeah I think what I found myself wanting to do personally again was kind of I was gravitating towards finding smaller designers smaller brands new things that kind of weren't everywhere and actually something that I felt an emotional connection with so maybe there was a story behind it I think what we wanted to do was work with new and emerging brands, people that we loved, support them, tell their stories to a wider audience, and in collaborating with them, try and translate their aesthetic, but yes, maybe tone the sleeve down just a little bit. When I, you say style over fashion for label, for label mix, what do you mean? I think there can be a bit of a treadmill of the next new trends and the next new trends. So I can remember sitting at my desk about five or six years ago. I had a magazine on my desk and it said something like there are 273 new trends that you need to know about today. And I felt my heart sink because yeah. I can't remember 273 trends. There is no way. And are there really? So I think that sort of sense of you've got to keep getting the next new thing all of the time is, is quite hard. And I think style is more about finding the clothes that you feel comfortable in, finding the things that make give you that smile. They feel like you. And you find your own style and then you you buy around that. Add and take away. Yeah. And also, I think what it allows you to do, you're kind of looking after your future self, your future-proofing, because yeah. it gives you the option to keep shopping in your own wardrobe. Which is which is great, because otherwise it just feels very disposable, which, as we know, with this in this era of kind of sustainability and massive Greta guilt, which I suffer from, you know, we don't want to be buying things that we're going to throw away, you know, every season or anything like that. What do you think are the most are the most genuinely the most useful pieces that women can have in their wardrobe? I actually looked up capsule wardrobe because I realised, you know, and I work in the industry, I wasn't really that clear. Um, and apparently it was invented in the 1970s by a lady called Susie. And what she Susie said... Susie has a lot to answer for. <laughs> but I think actually, really, your own capsule wardrobe is those clothes that you go to a lot that make you smile. Oh, so you, so you develop your own capsule yeah, wardrobe. I, I totally think so. Agree. I think you don't have to have... There's not a dictated capsule wardrobe, but you will have favourite things in your wardrobe and I guess looping back around that's kind of what we wanted label mix to be is that go-to dress 
that, you know, every time you put it on, you think, I feel great. You know, you can put your trainers on with it, but you also know you could dress it up and go to a, a wedding or a do in it. Gemma, thank you so much for coming to see us. Yeah, thanks, Gemma. You've been listening to Annabelle Rivkin and Emily McMeekin of The Middle. Our book, I'm Absolutely Fine, is out now. If you like what you hear, please rate, review and subscribe. This podcast was brought to you by Label Mix. Smart clothes for smart women. And we'll just leave you with this thought. Today is a great day to manifest the hell out of some abundance. 